This is episode 263, Breaking Unhealthy Patterns in Relationships with Julie. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We have another Julie this week. Last week was Julie as well. And it's awesome having all this feminine energy on the show. I'm going to talk about masculine and feminine energy in the coaching episode and also more in the breakdown after. So make sure, as usual, you listen to the breakdown. And I would love some more male energy on the show. So fellas, where are you? I know you're there because I hear from you. I see you on Instagram, your vulnerability, you coming on and being coached on the show is important as well. So gentlemen, if you'd like to get on the show, go to christinehasler.com slash waitlist and let's get some, some masculine energy here as well. And ladies, I love you too. There's no preference towards female. I just love humans. (laughs) Just love humans. So in today's episode, I coach Julie, who is having patterns show up in relationships that she's completely aware of. She knows they're there. She sees them. She understands why they're there based on what happened in her childhood, but they're not changing. And I know that's a common theme for so many of you is you're working on yourself and you're doing all this stuff and things aren't really changing. And that's often not because you aren't doing work and not because things aren't changing. Oftentimes we are changing and just don't realize it. But why sometimes we don't feel it is there's a deeper cut that needs to happen. And that's what's happening with Julie. She's made a lot of progress, a lot of progress. And I encourage her to see that. But there's just nuance. There's deeper levels. There's more learning because we're always evolving and growing. Don't forget that. We're always evolving and growing. If you're listening to this episode the week it came out, there's still a chance to join me for the Inner Child Level 2 workshop. So you can get Level 1 and join us for Level 2 if you go to christinehaster.com slash bundle. And if you're listening to this after September 24th, then you can also go to christinehaster.com slash bundle and get Level 1 and Level 2 recordings. Those will only be available till October 28th really want to incentivize you to go grab those. So the link will be in the show notes. As you're listening to my call with Julie, consider, do you have patterns that keep showing up in your life or your relationship? And no matter what you do, you just can't seem to shake them. Were you raised in a home where you had to parent your parent and you had to be both the mother and the father? Do you tend to parent your children in a way that's so opposite to how you were parented? But when it comes to your own relationship with your inner child, you're still parenting yourself the way you were parented. And finally, do you relate to feeling like things are going well, but you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop? Like you can't really enjoy the good that's happening in your life. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Julie.
Julie, welcome to the show. What's your question? So my question is about this pattern that I have that I know the reasons why I have it, but I don't quite know how to shift it, especially in the moment when it happens. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I separated from my husband. It was a very bad marriage. And since then, I've been doing a lot of personal development work. And I feel like I've grown a lot and I've been able to shift certain things. But the issue that I have is just as things are starting to go well, I will look for what is going wrong Mm. and I will look for a reason why someone is going to hurt me, why something is going to end. And it just seems that I can't get into trust the flow and just enjoy life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very common. The waiting for the other shoe to drop. Let me look around and see how I can protect myself. It's a, we think it's a sabotaging pattern, but it's a very protective pattern. So you have awareness about it and you said you think you know where it's from. You don't have to give me too much history, but can you just give me a little snippet of where this pattern comes from, from your point of view? Well, like I said, I I was married. I was in a marriage for 10 years. The marriage was abusive physically, emotionally. Mm. Um, So that was very chaotic. And I finally uh, got the strength to leave. And then before that, I grew up, my mom was bipolar. Mm. is bipolar. She was not bipolar for most, I mean, up until really like my mid twenties, she wasn't medicated. So being at home was just one minute. She was happy. The next minute she was on the ground crying. The next minute she was throwing things. And so there was just always kind of this erratic behavior. And then not surprisingly, I married somebody not too different from her. Yep. Yep. That's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. do, Thinking that I could fix something. Um, So now this is kind of the first time in my life where things are going well. And I just, I, I keep Hmm. just looking for things to go wrong and it's, it's getting frustrated. And unfortunately, I think it's really almost going to ruin what's probably the first healthy romantic relationship that I've ever had. Mm. And so is that what's going well, the romantic relationship? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. going really well. We had some issues. We've been together now. I met him very quickly um, Mm -hmm. and unexpectedly after I separated from my husband. So we've been together for about 18 months. There were some rough patches in the beginning. I obviously had some work to do. He had some work to do and we've both been making effort. But um, I consciously know that he's making effort. But sometimes I will just slip into this pattern where it's not good enough. And Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that it's going to end. What do you want from him that you're not getting? I would like him to be more physically affectionate. Mm -hmm. He grew up in a house where there was pretty much no affection. There was no saying, I love you. So that's really hard for him. He's been making a conscious effort about that. And most of the time it's good enough, but sometimes, and I, this is the thing I can't really trigger. I can't figure out in the moment why something will trigger me, but I will just decide that it's not good enough. And, Mm -hmm. and I need to tell him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it might even happen if you start tracking it, like after intimacy, and I don't just mean sexual intimacy. I mean, after like you start feeling close to him, there's a part Mm -hmm. of you that might just start collecting evidence for why it needs to end because that's the part, that's the protector part of you. So we all have various aspects of our inner parent and there's the shadow aspects and there's the healthy aspects, just like there were with our actual parents. And just like there are when we are parents and the, 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 the light part of that is that the protector, the one that honestly protects us from danger, but the shadow side is the saboteur. 
the, the piece mm-hmm. that comes in and, and wants to ruin things. So I love that you have the awareness about this. I love that you are open enough where you've brought in another relationship. And I just want to ask a couple more questions and then mm-hmm. we'll decide what direction to go here. What does he want more from you? What are his complaints in the relationship or his needs or his requests? So he doesn't speak English. We constantly communicate in French. So that that's another added layer. So I'm trying to think translated into English. There's a nuance there. He says that I'm too direct in the sense that as soon as something bothers me, I just come out and say it rather than perhaps waiting for the right time or trying to think about how to articulate it in a way that's less hurtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be his biggest complaint. And then the second one, but I think this is because professionally I have a very kind of, uh, I have a very high pressure job. You know, he says I have a hard time just letting go and mm-hmm. kind of going with the flow and not, mm-hmm. you know, creating my week on the outlook calendar and a bullet point list and mm-hmm. things like that. <laughs> so it sounds like in a lot of ways, your masculine energy leads. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting a picture. Yeah. I'm getting an idea. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And was your dad in your life? My dad was in the loop. He, I saw him on the weekends. He didn't really care. Kind of just took us on the weekends, right. did his weekend with us. And that was it. And I, I mean, he and I still talk occasionally, but I don't have a very close relationship with him. Right. So you kind of had to be the, the, both the mom and the dad for your own mother in a lot of ways and probably had to lean into more of that masculine energy to protect yourself. And in some ways, I'm sure you felt like you had to protect her at times. So it's just, it's just a, it's not who you are. I don't feel you, your essence is masculine just from feeling into you and hearing you communicate. It feels like more, it's been an adaptive protective strategy. And the beautiful thing about relationships is that often what our partner is asking of us is something we actually really need to do for ourselves and our own growth. So his requests of asking you to basically be more feminine, to, to trust, to communicate, not hold things inside or necessarily wait for the right time, but communicate in a way that's a little less aggressive. Maybe he feels attacked or disrespected in those moments. And Mm -hmm. that's the beautiful feminine nuance of being able to say something that doesn't feel like you're attacking someone else. And those are, those are absolutely things that your higher self, your soul is probably yearning for because in order to be in that, you've got to be more relaxed and more trusting. And there's a little girl in there who just wants to know that she can let go because people will be there and people won't collapse and her world won't fall apart. And I know you can put the puzzle pieces together cognitively. And I know, what have you done any inner child work with everything? I am in mastery. Uh Uh-huh. Great. And so I wasn't able to get to the one day workshop because I was traveling that day. Mm. I listened to the recording afterwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, the inner child workshop might be a beautiful step for you. Mm -hmm. But in the, in the meantime, this is really about, so I'm going to give you kind of two paths to go. A path within yourself between you and little Julie And then a way Mm -hmm. to use your relationship as a healing container, because the beautiful thing about relationships is, you know, when we get out of a primarily issue-based relationship, which it sounds like was your marriage, right? Your major Mm -hmm. core wounding attracted his major core wounding and boom, we have our dysfunctional family in adult romantic form. 
And we don't know what type this other relationship is yet, but it can be a very healing container. And the, the amazing things about relationships, romantic or friendship, is it can provide healing ground for a lot of inner child wounding if we feel safe enough to do it. And again, a lot of times, whether or not we feel safe enough to do it isn't actual the reality of whether we're safe enough. It's the lens in which we're looking through. Does that make sense? Because you, you actually may be safe, but you don't feel safe. No, yeah. that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So first with little Julie, she is, how old are your kids? My kids are nine and she just turned nine on September 9th. Oh, my, so happy my birthday, birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> Thank and you. Her. And um, the little one is five. Oh, beautiful. Both girls? Both girls. Yeah. Both girls. Okay. So you've got these little girls that can help you connect to the little girl inside of you. And this is so important for parents, especially moms, is to really, really connect to that little one inside because she's the one, the only person that can make little Julie feel like she can relax and flow and enjoy life is big Julie. That's the only person that can do it. It doesn't matter how much your boyfriend does or doesn't do. It's completely an inside job. I'll, I'll get to the relationship part in a second. Mm -hmm. But first it's really slowing down inside yourself and giving yourself lots of reassurance because there's a little girl in there who still thinks that mom's about to have a manic episode, like at every moment. So she's constantly either distracting herself with being really, really busy at work or taking care of others or protecting herself by looking for danger, looking for the signs, waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, thinking back to when you were a child, what did you need most that you didn't get? Stability. Yeah. Stability. And honestly, I think and this is something else I've noticed. My mother was extremely critical of me mm-hmm. and she was very hurtful with her words. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the bipolar disorder important. Part of that is also, I think, just the area in which we grew up where people are naturally more aggressive. So mm-hmm. I seek out a lot of reassurance with other people's words. Mm-hmm. And I think when I don't get it, that's what starts to trigger the, oh my God, this person's going to leave me. This person's going to hurt me. If they're not saying that they love me, if, they not, if they're not saying that I'm smart, sure. then, then there's something wrong. And are you critical within yourself? I'm better now. And honestly, mastery helped me tremendously with that, but yeah, it's still there. Yeah. So that is a good starting place because that's another shadow side of the inner parent. So another shadow aspect of the inner parent is the inner critic versus Mm -hmm. like the nurturer and the encourager and the praiser, right? So Mm -hmm. one small step I'll give you because your inner child, I don't want to throw too much at you. Your inner child is going to feel a lot more stable if she doesn't feel criticized, because mm-hmm. when we have that, you know, cause you have two things, right? The instability of bipolar, but then you also have the criticism. So you never knew if you were going to be loved and accepted or not. You never knew if you were okay just for being you or for what you did or anything like that. So I think a good start would be when you notice yourself being critical, really, really, Julie, start noticing it and go, Oh, that's not yeah. me that's my critic. And in that moment, say, I forgive myself for judging myself and see if you can bring, because you're a mother, so I know you have this voice. See if you can bring that encourager 
when, when one of your girls does something that, you know, they think is a mistake, or maybe even that you would love to give them some constructive criticism about how are you with them? I've actually, people tell me that I'm almost too lenient sometimes (laughs) because I'm overly nurturing. I'm like, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. I love you. And I'm always going to be there for you. Yeah. So that's actually what little Julie needs to hear. Yeah. And this is where often in in parenting, we either repeat exactly what our parents did, or we go to the other extreme and your girls are, are, you know, they wouldn't ever say this because they probably like that mom's lenient, but for their development, they're needing some boundaries. They're needing some structure. Mm-hmm. They're needing some, you know, not everything's okay. I, I love you. And let's talk about what you could have done differently, right? They, they need yeah. a little bit of that. So that, that part of you, it's there, it's, it's there, but it's sort of misdirected. It's overly directed at your own children and I want you to start directing it more towards yourself. Does that first part make sense? Yeah. And it's, it's an excellent insight because I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is you know how to do it. And as you give that to yourself, then you're not living in extremes. And then your, your relationship with your children will naturally start to balance out because you're not overly critical inside yourself and then overly lenient in them. It's once you give yourself that that love and that acceptance and that unconditional encouragement, then it's, you're not trying to get it through parenting them because we try to get our needs met in all kinds of ways through romantic relationships, through our career, and even through our own children. So many of our inner child wounds, we try to give our children what we didn't have to ease our own wounds and to tend to our own wounds rather than really working with our own inner child. And then being the parent our actual children need, not the parent we needed. I understand. Yeah. And PS, I I can feel, and I know you're an amazing mom and you're doing a great job. So this isn't about criticizing yourself. This is about having massive compassion and being like, wow, I can give myself what I so freely give to them. And it will naturally balance out my relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. In the relationship part, with this new man in your life. So one of the things that you didn't really get as a kid was being able to have a need, communicate that need and get that need met. That was like an impossibility for you. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. That was, that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. So you get to practice this in your relationship and I know you're already starting to practice it. I'm going to encourage you to practice it with more vulnerability. So are, are you pretty fluent in French? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. fluent. Okay, that's that's good because it makes this, these kind of conversations yeah. a lot easier when you're not constantly trying to translate as well. Mm-hmm. So I think what he's yearning for and what will open him up to be more affectionate, because would you say he's a pretty masculine man? He's actually really feminine. Mm-hmm. In what ways um, yeah. though? He's very nurturing. He is very vulnerable in certain ways, uh, and, and guarded in others. So he's not completely feminine. There is a masculine energy there. He's very creative. He's much more trusting. I mean, and that's something that I really admire about him is that we met and he just trusted me completely. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to do that with anyone. And so, so there are elements within him that I see that I would like to 
you know, to adopt myself, but I just can't seem to do it. You, you will, you will. And he may have some more feminine qualities, but when it comes to like, does he let you make all the decisions? Does he like you to lead all the time? Does he have no focus and direction in his life? That's, you know, that's kind of a sticking point. I, he, I think he lets me lead because he sees that it makes me feel safe right. and that, and, and so he doesn't, he's very careful. He doesn't want to offend me. He doesn't want to hurt me. He knows mm-hmm. what I've been through. Mm-hmm. So he wants to make me happy. But I think then the flip side of that is that sometimes he would like to make the decisions, right. but he holds that back. Right. So, so you want to kind of get the polarity more in balance in your relationship, right? Like e- e- because polarity is important in a relationship, no matter if we're heterosexual, homosexual, doesn't matter. It's just that the polarity. So, but you, it's like, he's actually, I think he's craving to be more respected and mm-hmm. you're actually craving to, to have more affection. So he's actually craving more of the masculine and you're actually craving more of the feminine. Mm-hmm. And instead you're staying more in your masculine and he's staying more in his feminine and you need to switch like his masculine needs to come up and your feminine needs to come up and he can still be an artist and creative and sensitive and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm with a very sensitive, you know, open man, but he's definitely, you know, masculine dude. So it's, it's, it doesn't mean he loses those qualities and and maybe in some aspects kind of, you're more in the masculine, he's more in the feminine, but for the inner child wounding to start to come together, it's like, he needs to feel you soften to him so that he can come forward in his masculine and you need to feel like he's got you so you can come forward more in your feminine. And what I'd recommend is talking to him and you've probably talked about this, but even try with more vulnerability, say to him, I know that, um, being affectionate is a stretch for you. It doesn't come naturally to you. And I also know it's something that I need and the little girl inside me needs. So can we try? Cause, cause again, a big part of your healing is learning how to get your needs met. So can we try like me coming to you and asking you for more hugs, you know, coming up and grabbing your hand? Like when I do that, can you lean in? So I really feel like you got me. So it's like, mm-hmm. instead of you expecting him to be more affectionate and him having that pressure, you coming to him, not in a leading way, but in a vulnerable way. And this is, again, you taking care of little Julie inside of you so that her needs start to be met. You coming to him being like, I really need a hug. And you can say, I need a hug. There's nothing wrong with needing a hug. We actually all do really need them and, and feel him really lean in. Do you think you can do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And then with, you know, kind of, kind of pulling his masculine when he feels you're being too direct, come up with a code word. I don't know, Mm -hmm. pink or something that he says to you or a sentence he can say that just softens you in that moment. You know, can you please talk to me in a softer way or even saying the word pink or whatever it may be so that you have a chance to, to pause and see if you can redirect it. And if you really wanted to advance this, have physical touch when you're talking to him. So if there's something you need to communicate that in the past would be more direct and more abrasive to him, mm-hmm. come to him, grab his hands and talk to him like that. 
And I guarantee it will land much differently. No, I think it will because thinking back, I mean, when I've tried to communicate my needs, I've never tried it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. When we have an inner child who's very angry that she didn't get her needs met, it often comes across as very angry, almost like temper tantrum energy, either a temper tantrum or I'm going to go pout. One of those two energies because mm-hmm. the inner child is like, you're the adult freaking figure it out. I'm sick of this. (laughs) And we have this like, you know, inner child and a rebel that comes in that either attacks or withdraws. And so that's again, where the inner parent talks to the inner child and says, all right, I know you really need a hug. Let's go ask him for a hug. Let's go. I'm here. I'm with you. And it's that, that energy of again, meeting our own needs, right? Because you're meeting the need of your inner child to speak her needs. (laughs) And then you're going and requesting that. And it gives him the opportunity to not feel the pressure to be a mind reader, to know exactly what you need. And over time, he will naturally start giving that to you, especially if he feels more respected and more heard. Because I think he's afraid of, you know, bringing down whatever walls he has around his heart and really opening up that affection. Because if he's creative and artistic and all those things, he's going to be affectionate, but that's just the one way he protects himself because he doesn't want to get trampled on. So he probably yeah. was dismissed a lot as a kid, maybe criticized as well, and or even was teased for being too sensitive. And so he shut that part of him down. And so the more you can really just like welcome it and make it okay and make it safe for him, both by speaking your needs and by not being so in his, well, in, I don't know what is in French, but in your words, directive, then mm-hmm. he's going to start to feel more worthy. Okay. Right. Cause it's like, when I feel into it, it feels like you have this fear of, you know, basically being severely disappointed and hurt. Yeah. And he has more of this fear of being rejected and feeling unworthy. Does that make sense? You, I think you hit the nail. <laughs> really, really well on the head. Yeah. And what's so beautiful is that can be healed in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't your abusive relationship where there was just so much wounding. You were just bumping up against each other. This is really like deepening into here's your inner child wounding. Here's mine. Let's meet the needs that we have inside ourselves and then be able to Mm -hmm. articulate those needs in the relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I want to work on it and and shift this because again, I see it as an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to learn from it. Yeah. And you are learning from it. You are learning from it and there's no need to attach to making it work or it being any certain length of time or anything like that. You, you are learning and you know, you're coming out of survival mode, Julie, you were in survival mode in your past relationships and in childhood. So be very gentle with yourself. And the more you communicate that and say, I want to be here and I'm scared. I want to grow with you and I'm afraid of screwing it up. I really want to let you in and I also want to run away. And it's amazing how much just talking about these things with someone we're in a relationship with starts to resolve them because when we 
give ourselves permission to communicate vulnerably and slow down and connect, the brain knows we're not in survival mode. Mm -hmm. But when we're constantly strategizing, protecting, arguing or directing or whatever, the brain still goes, oh, guess we're still in survival mode. Can't relax. Yeah. So I just really encourage you to be super mothering and nurturing to yourself. Really connect more with little Julie inside of you more and more so that she starts to feel like she's getting her needs met and, and then start asking for your needs, not in a demanding way, but in a super vulnerable way. Because mm-hmm. then he's going to start to feel like an invitation to really step up rather than a demand. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Is this helpful? It's extremely helpful. Any questions? No, I, I get it. I really do. And you were just able to articulate it in a way that makes sense and, you know, give me tools that I need to work with. It's hard. I think, like I said, consciously, I know it intellectually, I know it, but I have a hard time just kind of, again, getting out of survival mode and, and figuring out where to go from here. Yeah. And you know, it's like when I have something in my eye, I need a mirror. I can't see it. You know, I can feel it, but I I need Mm -hmm. the mirror to help me see it. And, you know, I'm glad I could just hold up the mirror and give you some, some perspective and some, hopefully you felt a lot of compassion too, because I really know that growing, well, I don't know personally, but I know I can imagine that growing up with really not a father, a bipolar mother, and then being in an abusive marriage that you had two children with and then had the courage to leave. None of that's been easy. And things are shifting for you, Julie. They really are. You've made it through the toughest part. And that part of you that's still waiting for the shoe to drop, it might be there for a bit because you've been in survival mode for a long time. So just be really gentle with that part. And the more you focus on little Julie and attuning to her and making sure that she gets her needs met, the the more and more this will start to shift. Thank you so much. Yeah. And you're in mastery, so I can check in on you and you can keep me posted on how you're doing. (laughs) All All right. Thank you so much to Julie for her honesty and also for staying up late. She scheduled the call and didn't realize it was 1 a.m. in the country she lives in, France, and did the call with me, even though it was super late for her. And she was trying to be quiet because her kids were sleeping. And I just love her commitment. She's really committed to her growth, just like so many of you. So that's why I really want you to hear me when I say you are making progress. I promise you are acknowledge it, see it. It may not be going as fast as you necessarily want it to go, but it is happening. Believe me. And the more you see that, the more you see that little progress that you're making, learning something new, having a new awareness, catching yourself when you go into old patterns or that inner critic gets really loud and being able to shift it, meditating a minute longer today than you did yesterday, listening to podcasts like this, all those little things are encouraging your growth. So see it, own it. And in this time when so many people are triggered with so many things, it's so important again to really honor your own growth and how far you have come because that's going to give you more certainty and safety within yourself, which is very, very important in this time when there's so much uncertainty externally. So 
I taught a lot in this show, so I'm not going to break down too much. I want to speak a little bit more about masculine and feminine energy because that was a big topic here. And that's something that we all have within us, no matter how we identify, whatever gender we identify with, we all have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. And often the way we present in life is not our core essence. So for example, Julie is presenting more masculine in her life, meaning there's a high pressure job, there's more directiveness, there's probably more control. And her boyfriend is presenting more feminine. She said, well, he's actually very feminine in terms of being artistic and emotionally sensitive and all those things. But does that mean their core essence is that? Like she's actually more masculine, he's actually more feminine. Probably not based on what they're wanting from each other, right? Because she's wanting more affection, which to me indicates she's wanting, that's the feminine. The feminine wants that affection and really wants that intimacy and wants that closeness. And he's wanting basically more respect. He's wanting her to be less probably controlling and direct with him. And so that to me reveals their core essence a little more. And what's happened is they have a mask of masculine or feminine energy on top of it. So for reasons that you heard in the show, having a bipolar mother, feeling like she had to be both the mom and the dad, having to be in her head very soon, early in life, not getting a lot of nurturing, she had to adapt by putting on a masculine mask, being able to control things, being directive. Because if she didn't, the other shoe would drop. And well, the other shoe did drop frequently in her life. And she felt like she had to put this masculine mask on to control things. And that's worked well, but now she's reached this point in her relationship where she wants more affection and he wants her to be less controlling. Not her words, but I'm deducing that's probably a lot of what he's saying by not being so direct. And he probably has this feminine mask on because more of his masculine qualities weren't really encouraged. Maybe because he was more artistic or creative, he was emasculated in a lot of ways. And so put on this feminine mask to be able to handle that. And again, I was only talking to her, so it's hard to read into him, but that clue of him wanting her to be less direct is a clue for me that he's wanting that more respectful energy, which is very, which is top of the priority list for men. Men definitely like, or that masculine energy likes to feel respected. Now for the female identifying people, that doesn't mean that you don't want to be respected, but for that female, for that feminine essence, it's a lot more about feeling safe and respect is part of that. Like really feeling safe, feeling safe to physically, feeling safe emotionally, feeling safe sexually, so on and so forth. And masculine feminine energy is something that Steph and I teach a lot. It's really interesting. It's another avenue of personal development that we can learn about. And in relationships, especially intimate relationships, it's really important to have that polarity. Otherwise you either kind of go into roommate mode or you have a lot of arguments. So in healing a romantic relationship, there's two key aspects, the inner child piece, which I'll talk to you in a second, and the polarity piece. And it's hard to get the polarity piece in place when the inner child piece isn't in place. So 
how the inner and child piece helps with the polarity piece is as children, we're more in touch with our core essence, either feminine or masculine. And it's because of inner and child wounding that those masks get put on. So the more we give ourselves what we need inside ourselves, the more we give that little one inside of us, what we didn't get. That's what I asked Julie is like, what didn't you get that you needed most as a child. And she said, stability and encouragement, just that feeling of safety. And she needs to give that to herself while also taking charge of her needs and really communicating in a non-directive, not controlling, but vulnerable way to her boyfriend that, you know, I feel really close to you when you're affectionate. I feel safe. I feel like my walls can come down. This isn't something I got a lot as a child and it's important to have it in my relationship with you. So remember, inner child work in a relationship is meeting our own needs, parenting ourselves in the way that we didn't get, and then communicating our needs in a non-attacking, non-passive aggressive, non-manipulative way to our parents. And also looking at how we parent, right? Because that's another thing that we discovered in the call is she's she's giving this over-nurturing, over-lenient attitude to her kids because it's not something that she got as a child. She got a lot of criticism, but that's kind of not what we want either because we don't want to go to the opposite of what our parents did because that may not be good for our kids. So as human beings, we learn through contrast. So we often go to the opposite extreme of something before we come back into the middle. So for Julie, it's really about balancing that out and giving herself that loving encouragement and maybe finding that middle ground with her kids so that they have boundaries and they have guidance and structure, and they also have that encouragement. It's not an anything goes, but it's not a nothing goes either. So, you know, being a human and being a parent and being in relationship, oh, it's a lot. But when we understand our inner child, we understand how to parent, when we understand polarity, it does get a little bit less overwhelming and a little easier. So some takeaways for you. Ask yourself, what did I need most in childhood that I didn't get? And give yourself that. Make it a priority to give yourself that. If you want to learn more about masculine feminine dynamics, I really like Intimate Communion by David Data. It is a book that I read, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it was when I first started to really understand masculine, feminine dynamics and relationships. If you want to give it a trial on Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash over it and on with it and get a little discount there or just pick up a copy on Amazon. Next, if you're in a relationship, think of how you can one, meet your own inner child needs and then communicate those needs to your partner, again, in a non-passive aggressive, attacking, manipulative way. And that's something we're going to go deep into in inner child level two, uh, how to really navigate relationships using the wisdom and heart of your inner child and how to communicate your inner child needs to your partner. And again, the link for that is christinehassler.com slash inner child bundle. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you like this show, please share it and tag me so I can be sure to thank you. Much love and many blessings. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. 
And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.